2: Our house. In the middle of a Our We're house. back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm here with uh, I'm Dottie Herman, who develops Element. I'm here with Ace Super, who is the senior executive at Citizens, and Steve Ebert, and uh, he's a partner. And I'm going to remember the new firm. What is it?
3: Uh, it's Casson and Casson.
2: Casson and Casson. Okay. And before we continue, because we're talking about mortgages, I just want to shout out that today is World Radio Day and it celebrates radio as part of the humanity's history. And during the COVID 19 pandemic, radio made it possible, for example, to ensure continuing of learning and to fight against misinformation. And congratulations to all the people that do radio. Um, and of course now you can stream it so you can get it at any time and we love doing it for you but ace we were talking about mortgage rates and interest rates and uh refinances and obviously the uh the the rates have gone up they the interest rates have gone up in the last couple of weeks but it's still very low considering
4: Still very low, okay. and yeah.
2: Okay, so we, can you give us a little insight about, first of all, the difference between refinancing a property, taking advantage of doing a refi, or doing a home equity, and when you think it's, what's, you know, what's, the, what's the advantages and disadvantages to both? Kind of when do you think you know, people should use them? Because remember something when you have equity in your home, you have money that you're sitting on, okay? And what whatever your home goes up, it's not going to change the money that your, your equity is going to, you know, you're going to just increase your equity, but your equity is not working for you. And sometimes it's good to take some of that money and maybe use it. It depends on the circumstances. So could you give us kind of a a brief summary of the differences of a refi and an equity loan and the advantages
4: of Definitely. So high level, um, both are really good, great vehicles for um, someone to use if they have equity in their home. Right. So let's go over the first one, home equity line of credit. That's actually sort of, um, if you want to, if you want to view it as a large credit card on your home, it's a variable rate. And the reason why I say credit card is because it's a line of credit you know, you can actually borrow, let's say you have equity in your home and you have, let's say you have a million dollar home and you have a an 80% equity on the home. You, you know, you've paid most of your, your property off already. You can take out a line up to 70% of the value of your home, but you don't have to use the whole line. So you can borrow, let's say, $300,000 off of the home equity line of credit but only use 50,000, right? So that's a great vehicle in case you needed to do repairs on your home where it's a short-term loan and you know you're going to pay it back fairly shortly. Then take advantage of a homemaker line of credit because their rates are low and it's a real easy closing, right? It takes about three weeks to close. If you need you know, something right away, you're able to tap into the line of credit and it's a large credit card. Basically, you have a limit on a credit card. You have a limit on the line, on the line of credit and you're only paying back what you draw out, right? So it's, it's really used for paying off debt, possibly maybe doing home improvements, especially in today's marketplace. That's really popular uh, with baby boomers. They're tapping into their, their um, lines of credits. And then the other traditional, more traditional route is refinancing your mortgage and possibly taking a cash out or reducing your rate or consolidating debt right? So that's more of a long-term play where you know you're going to be using the money for something that's long-term, whether it be for business, opening up, you know, a a new business venture, possibly paying down large debt, such as your car loans to consolidate. So refinancing of your mortgage, although a long-term product, um, it's a little bit more conservative in that, in that nature, Dottie. So that's really the biggest difference, which is, on a refinance, traditionally, it's a little bit more conservative, more traditional. On the homemaker line of credit, it's something that we're, where you're using it for short term because it, it does change its variable. But the rates are low, and you can use it similar to a credit card, right? So now,
2: the line's ha- always Let down. me ask you a question. Yeah. Let's say I'm not in a position that I need any money for anything at the moment, and let's just say – but I do have, let's just say uh, – let's just say I have $500,000 worth of equity in my home. Yeah. Can I take an equity loan out? Of course. say, okay, I'm going to take this equity loan out. I don't need it now, but I want to be have money available in case an opportunity happens to pop up that I want to take advantage of. Um,
4: which, Dottie, it, 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 it's by like the way,
2: it's, yeah, I can't tell you, in the last couple of months and I have met, you know, I'm always somebody that meets with young people that are innovative. I have met with so many people that are not necessarily in the real estate industry who have all these ideas. I will tell you that from this pandemic, so much creativity and so many different things, we're going to have a whole era of new uh, things that come out and how, you know, the wellness industry and how they're building with that in mind. And there's so many things that could, so if I, in other words, maybe I never want to use it. Maybe I never find an opportunity, but if I wanted to, would it be wise to have an equity loan available to me in case I needed it? And if I didn't need it, would I have to pay money for it?
4: Dottie, that's the the ideal situation, right? What you just said is exactly what a home equity line of credit is meant to do, which is you're able to draw to to have a line of credit, but not draw on it, right? So in case there isn't a, an amazing deal out there, you have cash ready on hand to to make a move, right? And that's one of the beauties of it is that you can you can create a line of credit and not pay a single penny to the banks until you actually use it, until you actually draw it. So what you just said is exactly what millions of people are doing, which is they're opening up line of credits, right? But they're not drawing on it. So basically what happens is you have that 500,000 as an emergency fund in case an investment comes up, in case there's an emergency for a rainy day, you have that um in your in your back pocket. So it's an amazing vehicle for you guys to really take advantage of and you don't necessarily need to pay it back or pay the mortgage until you actually draw on the line, exactly what Dottie just mentioned. So people are are taking advantage of that uh and 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 look Dottie, there's something In regards to fintech, right, I've been meeting with a lot of CEOs myself during the pandemic and just jumping on zoom calls and the ability to actually do things online. Now, you don't even need to go into a branch. I mean, a lot of people are probably a lot of people are probably thinking, boy, Ace, you know, if I have to go into the bank branch and, and do all this, well, you don't have to anymore, because there's so much technological advances where all you need to do is go online, look at rates. And then pretty much submit your information and they'll give you a pretty much an answer or at, at least a decision within literally 24 hours, right? So it's so easy. It's, it's on the palm of your, your hands, really over your phone. You can really just go in, put in your information in regards to you know, what you think your credit score is, what you think your income is, and they'll give you exactly how much you can qualify for literally in an hour. Right, Daddy. So it's that easy in, in today's right.
2: And, and so. I want to stress this, okay? This is where people and when I say financial literacy, please don't take that as a knock. I didn't grow up with like any courses like that. I did after I got through with school. I took a a certification in financial planning, which was really probably one of the best things I ever did in my life. But we don't really learn about money. Kids don't really learn about it. And, you know, just some of the basics. And right now, I can tell you the real estate market is so competitive. I don't think that you would take an equity loan out and then gamble in a Vegas. You know, I'm not trying to give you... Uh, Definitely I don't, don't think do you that.
4: Don't double down so, on that, Dottie. So.
2: Okay. We don't want to do that. But, for example, if you saw a great property... Okay, and, the, and we're very competitive now. We, there's not a lot of inventory. It's very competitive. The down payment counts. And you can have that all set up and you can just, you know, you don't have to have that money saved in the bank. And a lot of people don't realize that. And I do believe, and again, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. So when I give you what my thoughts are, they're my opinions. And I want to stress that. But I do believe, first of all, I told you last week, we will have the biggest year nationally in real estate with more home sales than we've had since the year 2005. That is a prediction for 2021. Uh, and whether it's a home, whether it's you want to help your child, whether it's college, it costs you zero to have that handy. If you never need it and you never use it, you're not paying for it. But if you happen to come across a situation or maybe you have a a child that needs something, you have it all done and ready to go. You don't have to think about it. So I just want to give that thought out because I think it's a smart thing for people to do who have equity. I'm not saying you should use it. I think but you have available... it's all taken care of, and if there should be an opportunity that you want to take advantage of or a situation where maybe somebody lost their job, and you, you have it. So I really want to stress that. One other question is, while we're on. Yeah. Finance, I've been reading I've been reading that the affordability factor, you know, we're, we're talking about you know, baby boomers, and they're, they represent the largest buying population now. And the youngest baby boomers, which are about twenty-five years old, who are first-time buyers generally, uh, we're we're. I'm reading that it's getting a little bit tighter to get money because they're getting more sensitive to credit and down payments, um, and and because of the prices are rising so uh, so quickly that it's you know it might be a little tougher for people who are buying first-time homes. Do you have any advice for first-time home buyers?
4: Yeah, so for first home time buyers, you know, there's a there's a big population of of millennials that will be probably seventy five percent of the first home time buyers in today's marketplace, right? So with that being said, you know, a lot of them have really good paid wage earned income. They they earn great, you know, a lot of money, Dottie. What they need to consider is the down payment. A lot of them don't have the down payment. So what the things that they can consider is that if you're looking to buy. Remember that rates are so low. So your money's going a, a, a lot longer, meaning your buying power is that much greater. So you're basically, you know, someone that traditionally could have borrowed one and a half million can, borrow, can probably borrow two million now because rates are so low and your monthly payment is low. Therefore, the banks will lend you more. What you have to remember when preparing for a mortgage is that if you don't have enough down payment, don't be discouraged. There's ways where you can get gifts. There's ways where you know you can actually find out. And there's programs out there that will give you five percent down all the way up to eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars, ten percent down all the way up to one and a half million to two million, depending on your credit. So the the things that you really, really want to consider to put yourself in the best possible situation is ensure that you have great credit. Great credit. In today's world, can can really go a long way because if you have really good credit, the banks are, are willing to to extend themselves a lot more. Meaning they've seen that you have good good credit history and that you're responsible, so their willingness to lend you and extend themselves is a lot better, right? So make sure your credit is pristine, and you know make sure you know what your options are. You in terms of down payment. And then, you know, sit down with a loan officer, sit down with someone from Citizens Bank, and really figure out, you know, how much can you afford? And, and that's probably the best advice I can give someone.
2: Right. And if I could just.
4: And if I can just add a couple points to that.
3: And I know that Citizens has some amazing technologies um, and they're very cutting edge. Yes. I do want to add, and, and, and this is what Ace was really leaning towards at the end the value of the loan officer. Because all of those technologies really work well for straightforward cases. But when there is some situations that are unique, whether it's the building, whether it's a co-op, whether there's a ground lease, whether it is family members giving gifts, whether it's outside of the box deals, where it's people on commissions, nothing in my mind replaces the loan officer and also bringing in your attorney early on. Because what's going to happen is you're going to need different perspectives, right? When you're getting a gift, there is a bank perspective on how to process it. There's how a co-op or condo might look at it and want to see. But there's also tax rules and estate planning. So you want to make sure you have that team assembled early on so that everyone takes a look at it as well.
2: Exactly. And all, again, like I gave you advice as far as You know, with equity loans, you should think about doing it. Just have it. It doesn't cost you anything. Whether you're thinking of buying a home or you're not, it's wise to do that now. To go call ACE, call Citizens, find out what you're qualified for. Next week, we'll talk a little about what you should do in preparation of buying a home. So that you're set, you know, what you should do... in preparation buying a home ahead of time, even if you're not ready yet. But you should have all those things in order so that when you're ready to do it, you have the best possibility of winning. Because let me tell you, it is a very competitive market. And I can't say that enough.
4: And I know we talk about this every week, you know, having a really good realtor, a really good attorney and a really good banker goes such a long way. and And that's really the power of of building a team, right? So many people they do it in silos and it just it just puts you in a disadvantage. So make sure that you're working with a really good realtor, a good attorney, and a good banker. And usually that trio, you know, a lot of them will be working together concurrently already. So just make sure if you're if you're speaking with an attorney, ask them, you know, who would you recommend as a good loan officer or a good agent or vice versa? If you're speaking with an agent usually they'll have two or three recommendations that's always the best in regards to building the best team right it's like
2: us i think we have yeah it's like us okay and actually you stand the best chance of winning when you have a team that works together that knows that that works together that understands each other okay so that's so important having the right team okay and It's just as important in our show and we do have the right team. Uh, And when you're doing a deal, the strength of that team, believe it or not, will make the biggest difference on when you, whether you achieve success or not. Okay. So I really want to leave you on that. And we'll talk a little bit more about next week, about some of the things that you should do in preparation of purchasing. Cause I know a lot of people looking to buy now and, You want to, you want to have all your paperwork and everything in place so that when you find that property, because you, you won't have time to start fumbling around. I mean, it's a competitive market. You've got to be ready to go. So we'll talk about that. Now with that, I had talked in the beginning of the show, and I think this is really important because as I said, if you're going to take advantage of an opportunity in New York City, which there's great opportunities, uh, Most people, when I talk to them in other states, or including the state of New York, outside of New York City, don't really know the whole thing. What's the co-op? What's a condo? What's the difference? And when you're dealing in the city, you're going to be dealing with a lot of co-ops, but also and condos. So I thought Steve could take some time to discuss New York City co-ops, And if you're buying a co-op in New York City and you have to ask that agent, what are you showing me a co-op or is this a condo? You've got to know. And what you should know as a first-time buyer of a co-op. And then, Ace, talk a little about the financing of a co-op because it's a little bit differently. So we're going to cover that That's key to know in New York City. And we'll be discussing New York City co-op and a guide for first-time buyers. We have right after the break. We'll be right back. See you next time. Bye. Bye.
1: My community means everything to me. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from, and as a soldier, I
4: get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The training and leadership skills I get from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people and look out for my community. If you'd like to learn how you, too, can serve part-time in the community you love, visit NationalGuard.com.
0: Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association
5: and this station. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Want to dominate the stock market in 2021? Looking for higher profit potential? With the COVID vaccines, a shifting political landscape, and a new year, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text money to 411 411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text money to 411 411 to find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how. Make 2021 your year. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance and maximize your gains. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411.
0: Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
2: We're back. You're listening to I on real estate. And we were in the middle of talking uh, with Stephen Ebert uh, about co-ops and condos. But before we continue that, I just want to take uh, a couple of just quick questions uh, we have Sandy on the line from Long Island. Good morning, Sandy, and thanks for calling IO Real Estate.
1: Yes, Happy thank Valentine's you. Day. Thank you. Can you hear me?
2: Yes, we can. can we- okay, I just I went. I listened to you. I went to Citizens Bank on Thursday. I called them up. I spoke to a senior loan officer there by the name of Alan uh, Schlossman. I highly recommend him. I'm a I'm a senior. He's very patient, very kind. And I got my letter the next day. Okay? So I well, recommend...
4: Oh, uh, that's amazing, yeah. Sandy.
2: And he yeah, to get a promotion because good- he's a very <laughs> nice guy.
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. We love hearing stories like this.
2: We do, and yeah. then shall will have to give him an accolade. To- thank
4: I will, you, I will.
2: Yeah, thank he's you. A- that was so nice I of you. And thank him. you, and you'll recommend and Thank you, Sandy, and thanks, Nicole. And have a happy Valentine's Day. You too. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks. Okay. Bye. And I have Bob from New York. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for calling I on Real Estate. Do I have you on the line?
6: Can I lose
2: Bob? Yes, I can.
6: Did you hear me? Yes. Yes, uh, we can. I have a uh, a question about home equity line of credit. Uh, I have a friend that's has a uh, been paying. Uh, high fees on paying off a credit card, and she owns her own home in New Jersey. And uh, I, I was thinking that a home equity line of credit might solve her problems, and I just wanted to get a ballpark figure of uh, would a home equity uh, line of credit be under 10 percent, under 5 percent. Could I, I'm calling to find out if there's a ballpark figure.
4: Definitely, Bob. It, so, so it really depends on your credit, but um, it'll it'll yeah, be right credit, around. The, yeah, the credit so, uh, so, is
6: eight hundred and fifteen.
4: Okay. Uh, well, leave your name, Yes. So, leave your name with the producers, but just to give you a ballpark figure, um, you're going to you're going to probably see rates right around the three point eight seven five percent range to the four point two five percent range. So, definitely below five. Uh, Bob, so yes. definitely leave your number um, with the producers and I'll go ahead and contact um, your friend who's in need of a line of credit, you know. But d- yeah. definitely the no, right way to go in, ter- in terms answer of paying is off Perfect.
6: Debt. I just wanted to get a ballpark so that, that I could advise her. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. I listen to your program <laughs> every single week. It's great. I happen to be oh, a real estate broker. Thank you, Bob. Oh, well, thank okay. you, Bob.
2: And by the way, that's you, you, your friend is lucky to have you as a friend because that's great advice. And you're really you really going to help I, her out. I'm sure it's going to be less you, than what she's paying on her credit cards.
6: You're the best. Daddy. Thank Love you. Have a
2: good okay. Valentine's day. Have a happy.
6: Oh, bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. Okay. So Steve getting back, we were talking about the, if I'm a first time buyer, I'm buying in the city. And uh I'm gonna ask my realtor, gee, are you showing me a co-op or is this a condo? Because okay. So assume it's a co-op. What's what what should somebody know? What should be like for people like first time buyers or people who've never bought a co-op? What are some of the things that they should know and what is a co-op exactly?
3: Sure. You know, it's great I was working with first time home buyers because there's a real opportunity to educate and also immediately make sure that they understand things the right way. And I'm gonna even throw one more side point which we'll get to later on. In addition to being co-ops and condos, there are these hybrids called condops, which a lot of times also people get confused by. But let's start basic and go from there. Um, Co-ops are a little bit of a unique structure. and actually came over from uh, really from scandinavia and really it was spearheaded by the garment workers union as a way in which their workers could have an opportunity to own something as opposed to be stuck in rentals forever and so when you see actually the original co-ops when you actually think about things about board approval about being focused on primary residents, it's because This was actually subsidized by some of the union movements as a place for their workers to be able to live and be in good standing in the union. So it's ironic where some of these things that you hear about, board approvals and these applications and these rules and primary residence really stem from that. But what happens is the fundamental difference is that you have a co-op that generally owns the land and the building, I'm not going to get into ground leases at the moment. I don't want to confuse it. Let's start with basic first. So yeah. the co-op owns the land, they own the building, and then in, and they have the deed. They have the fee title. And then what happens is instead of having a unique deed for your unit, like a condo, you become a shareholder in the co-op corporation, and you have a proprietary lease that outlines your relationship, your use rights, and the fact that you have that specific unit. So the stock and the lease is your equivalent of a deed in the co-op situation. Now, I also want to point out something because there's a lot of confusion here. The the, The stock and lease go together. So there is no scenario in which one person owns the shares and another person is on the lease. There's a unity there. They have to be the same. Now, how are the shares allocated? Well, what happens is For every co-op, unless it's one of the few that are exempt, there's an offering plan. And that goes into part of the due diligence that we do before you sign a contract. And in New York, the attorney general's office requires a whole submission by the developer. They sponsor the plan. That's why you hear developers in New York being called sponsors as opposed to maybe developers in other parts of the country because they sponsor that plan. And it has all the foundational information from engineering and budgets floor plans all about the building and we review that before you sign and before you're obligated to proceed and then what happens is as part of that there's a share allocation that's given and there's all sorts of criteria that goes into it but fundamentally you get a number of shares to your apartment that doesn't change and it's the number of shares which is the great equalizer amongst residents, because it's the number of shares that determines what your monthly maintenance is. And so it doesn't matter if you're the first owner, if you're the most recent owner, you've been there for one day or one century, everybody pays the same monthly fee on a per share basis. So that's how you know it's gonna be fair and it's not gonna change on you. Now, the other thing, and here are some of the, the tips and the secrets to look at and see is this apartment a co-op or a condo? In the co-op world the monthly fee is called maintenance. In the condo world it's called common charges. Sometimes they call it an HOA fee. in New York it's mainly common charges. The maintenance figures will across the board generally be higher than common charges but because there's more in it, you have your p- fees that you're paying, for the operation of the building, but then your property taxes are included, and most co-ops, but not all, have an underlying mortgage. So what happens is you're gonna see in the listing, it's gonna say 45% tax deductible. When you see that notation next to the maintenance number, what they're saying is of that aggregate payment, the portions of the pie that constitutes that payment, 45% goes towards property taxes, and for underlying mortgage interest. And one of the things you know that people always ask me is, what's the right percentage of tax deductibility? Isn't it better if it's more deductible? Maybe, maybe not. And this is where you got to look closely, because you have the operating cost of the building and property taxes, and an underlying mortgage payment for the co-op. If you it is high it might be because there's a big underlying mortgage for the co-op but if the tax deductibility is low the other negative reason is that this building might require more money than other buildings to maintain it maybe it's an older building that hasn't been maintained well so i also want people to know there's not necessarily a magic percentage of oh if it's that percent tax deductible that's good or bad that in of itself is not going to give you the answer if if it's a right fee and so forth so there's more to look over but, there now okay but, oh, go but ahead. I
2: but I, think, I think just to start very simply that the difference in a co-op and a condo is a co-op you're not really owning the real estate you're owning shares in a corporation which is different than owning the real estate and so I'd like you because I think that's kind of a basic difference that uh, people don't realize. And so I'd like you to kind of go through that. Uh,
3: Sure, sure. Let me explain a little bit what that means. So here are some of the key things to think about when trying to analyze it too, if you're a buyer and saying, which one's the more correct one for me? Um, On the one hand, co-ops generally are not the place to go if you're an investor. It's more geared to our primary residence or second home. While condos are much more welcoming to investors, much more flexible on that. Um, Number uh, number two, even if you have a co-op that is maybe more investor friendly, rules can change over time. So that's something to consider. The other thing is on the way in, your closing costs. There are two main closing costs on the way in for a co-op that that don't apply to a co-op, excuse me, that you'll see in a condo because it's legally different, there's no mortgage recording tax. So if let's say you are going to get a half million dollar loan, your mortgage tax is gonna be just under $10,000 on a condo, and it'll be zero on a co-op. That's a big savings. Um, And the other thing is on title insurance, you're gonna save over there. I Um, think
2: we have a break, so we're gonna hold that. we we'll get back to the that we raised back. talk about to and the differences.
0: There's a lot to learn and understand when getting ready to buy a home. Having a right lending team in place who can help is important. The lending experts at Citizens Bank can answer your questions about home borrowing or how to get started with a mortgage pre-approval. Call Citizens Bank at 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank NA NMLS number 433-960 equal housing lender.
7: It's Mattress Firm's President's Day Sale. Right now, get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for the price of a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 on Sealy. Or save up to $500 on Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets. And you can save 50% on select Sealy Queen mattresses. Now just two ninety nine ninety nine. dollars 99 Shop Tempur-Pedic, Sterns and & Foster, and more with our sleep experts. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you're tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to 7 Gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis 950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon using code PETS. Genesis 950.com. That's Genesis 950.com. Discount only available at Genesis 950.com. Genesis 950. Much cheaper than replacing your carpets.
0: Have you ever had a legal question about elder law or state law? Every Wednesday night during Kevin McCullough's show, you'll hear from Mike Connors himself of Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law, answering real listener questions. Simply email that question to askMikeConnors at gmail.com. Or call Mike's office at seven 6500 718 238 718-238-6500 And don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors Sunday mornings at eleven AM on AM nine seventy the answer and Saturday mornings at eight AM on AM. 570, The Mission.
7: Hi, I'm Valerie Smaldone, host of Bagels and Broadway, Sunday at 2. On this week's show, a favorite chef and owner of Patsy's Italian Restaurant on West 56th Street, Chef Sal joins me. Also, an innovative presentation of a play you won't want to miss. And celebrating the father of frozen foods, Clarence Birdseye, on this Sunday's Bagels and Broadway with me, Valerie Smaldone. And by the way, happy Valentine's Day from all of us at Bagels and Broadway.
0: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
2: So we were just talking about the difference between co-ops and condos uh, with Stephen Ebert and saying that condos are, uh, you actually own the real estate and co-ops, you're buying shares in a corporation. But in general, I'll just give you a rule of thumb. In general, in New York City, uh, co-op apartments go for less than condominiums, usually, um, and sometimes that could be maybe 15 20 percent difference so they usually are cheaper um, one for one reason is mainly the co-ops uh, are older buildings and uh, a lot of the condos are newer uh, but they also have some restrictions and I mean think you need to know about this and see if maybe you want to tell because you're not you're buying the shares of a corporation you actually don't own the real estate in its entirety you own shares in the corporation if you have a buyer and that's why you really have to bring when you buy a co-op there's no way you can't go to an attorney you must go to an attorney who understands like steve co-ops because you really have to read um because they have restrictions and they even have restrictions on when you sell. I mean, so we know of a lot. I just had two board turned down, not me personally, Someone, at Douglas Solomon, And the people were qualified. Um, they just really didn't what they needed to qualify for a bank, the co-ops usually want more. So maybe, Steve, you could talk about a little bit of the differences of how you know when you know that you can't just like if you have a residential home or you have a, 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 a condo, pretty much when you find the bar, you can sell it. Uh, what yeah. happens
3: with a Yeah, abso- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what happens is, you know, in both instances, they're going to require some level of an application. In the case of the condo, typically, although, uh, you know, I do have, uh, I do have an, a note on some condos and I call them condos who behave badly. They try to act like co ops when they're not. Uh, So you see a few of them out there, but most of them, you submit an application, no interview, and they promptly waive their right of first refusal. And a right of first refusal would mean a seller signs a contract, they present it to the condo, and they would have to actually buy it under the same terms, which is rarely done. The co op, though, board has much more power. And in the world of the co op, it is generally the board has the right to say yes or no for any reason, no reason, good reason, bad reason. They don't have to tell you the reason. The only exception to that is they're not allowed to violate fair housing. Now it's sort of a weird dynamic here because you have two big tensions in the co-op world. These are private corporations and remember the history, it sort of had a little bit of a club mentality because unions were taking pension funds, investing in them, so that way their membership could have housing that they could own and not be in tenements. So you had that clubbiness nature where it came from, and it's completely evolved since then, and it's very, very different now. That's the roots of it. So you have this private corporation, but it's, it's residential real estate. It's a public accommodation. These are people who are looking, and it's subject to all the fair housing rules co boards don't have to give a reason why, and this has led to an interesting tension. Now, in Suffolk County, Westchester County, and Rockland County, they have started, and there's been a movement, and they've actually started. Um, and the rules are different, so I'm going to kind of give a synopsis of all three kind of mergs together. Um, We're basically co-op boards have to respond within a certain period of time because that's been a complaint that sometimes co-ops take a very long time. And number two. There's a notification rule. when there's a turndown in some of these counties now, they actually have to notify the county government and they're starting to keep a list to see what's going on. Um, so they don't still have to tell the buyer why they were turned down, um, but there's a movement towards that direction. It's been discussed in New York City, but it hasn't really gone anywhere. As All right, but a basically,
2: just to, you know, just she gives the highlights because we this is a big topic we could talk about it for an hour or two hours sure. or three hours and so maybe we'll give people little doses each week because a lot to maintain but basically just so that you know when you buy a co-op you're not buying the real estate you're buying shares in a corporation obviously can you can how about the tax deductions there
3: the, um, the tax deductions work the same, the same way. So you're, what's going to happen is in a condo, you get your direct tax bill, you give that to your accountant, and that's subject to, to the state and local tax limitations. You can, take your, you can itemize and take your property tax deduction. In a co-op, you get what's called a Form 1098, and people should like 1098s because those are expenses that they paid during that year. You give that to your accountant. And they can take that as a deduction on your tax return. So you get that from the co-op itself. And, but it works the same way. But what's also nice about it is you don't have to front any money. When you're buying a condo or a house, the bank, generally speaking, although they can sometimes accept it, generally speaking, wants you to escrow for taxes and insurance. In the world of co-ops, because you're a shareholder and you have a proprietary lease, you're not paying taxes directly. So you don't have to deal with any bank escrow and there's no fronting of money. So, what's interesting is there. there sometimes it can be a little bit easier, but you still get that same property tax write off. And I do want to mention right. one other last point. Oh, go, go ahead, Dottie. And then I do want to mention one more thing. No, no,
2: I, I was saying that next week, maybe, you know, what I'll do is we'll summarize and give you like the top five or 10 things because when you're listening, this is a lot to absorb if you don't really. If you haven't dealt with co-ops before, there's a lot to absorb. And so when you're listening to it, sometimes I think it's important for us to like next week, we'll break it down to like the five or six things that really, you really know. And number one, you need to see an attorney immediately and really read them because in many cases they require more money than a bank would require. So in other words, if a bank requires that you have X amount of money for your mortgage and you make a certain amount of money and you have a down payment of a certain type. Sometimes the co-ops will want a lot more money in the bank the extra. So you have to see if that, and you have to know that they can and I've watched it and it's, I see it happening more now and it's concerning me co-ops. I've seen, if you wanted to sell, let's just say you're in a rush. Okay and you bought another home, and you have a co-op, and you want to sell it, and you have a buyer, and that buyer maybe didn't come up to the price exactly that you wanted, but you say, you know what, I have another home. I just want to be done with this and move on because I put a down payment, and I I, I want to move on. If you sell your property for what the co-op thinks is too cheap, Not always, it depends on the board, it depends on the but a lot of times they'll turn it down because they don't want to set a precedent of those price of a low price, because then when another buyer comes, they say, oh gee, that apartment sold for this, then maybe your apartment should sell for less. So they have the ability to turn down an offer that might have the right, might have enough money, might... Uh, Shirley Maggie, of course can give you proof of mortgage they might ask for more money than that um, you have to fill out a complete board package and nobody unless they're insane would try to do that themselves you need to go to a broker especially at Douglas Ellen, where they know how to do the board packages or an attorney I would never suggest filling them out yourself because if you don't dot the i, right you won't get approved you have to prepare for a board interview Um, I don't think we'll get time to do it today. I think we can continue this next week. If you have a pet and they do allow pets, your pet might have to go for an interview. And I know this is going to sound crazy, so I'll let you have a good laugh because it's not. It happens. There are times that the co-op board has said, I'm sorry, Ace, but your pet, your little dog, it just doesn't, we don't think it will fit in with the other dogs in this building. And so people take their dogs to schools so they learn if they, now not all co-ops are this strict, but you need to know exactly what you're dealing with and you need to know the repercussion of, of, you know, of the, of what happens afterwards because they're, they're you, you're not free. Like if I want to sell my house for a dollar, and it's worth a million, and I want to do that, I can do that. I There are restrictions, and I'm not saying they're not good. Uh, we, you know, Co-ops are great. You can get good prices. Um, they usually manage very well. But there are things that you really need to know. So and, and it's not something that I would ever advise somebody to do. You need to work with a broker who knows what they're doing and has dealt with co-ops. And when I see brokers, I don't love the, if I see a person go out with a broker who's never done co-ops, I please I tell them don't use that broker. You need to be versed in that. You need to understand how to deal with the boards. We would actually, and I'll never forget when we let we 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 prepped Angelina Jolie for a board interview because we didn't know that she would pass it. Not with Angelina Jolie and Madonna, okay? Because some of them don't want people who are too public. In other words, they don't want the of, they don't want the all well, the, the, the publicity and the people coming to the place. so you you just need well, Daddy, to Daddy
3: actually she remember yeah she got turned down in the Dakota. She and yes. uh, former you know President Nixon. They both got turned down. Um so you know it's so not just the you're anyway. absolutely right. Yep. Okay you know listen have a wonderful
2: Valentine's Day and you know what? If you don't have a special lover there's gotta be a great friend or somebody it's a happy day, let's so all be happy. we'll
1: be back next week. Have a great
0: week. I On Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank NA.